0: welcome to the turn on the jets pregame report my name is scott mason you can follow me on twitter at play like a jet one we are going to break down the 2018 season finale for the new york jets on the road in foxborough against the new england patriots with the great beat reporter from nj.com and new jersey advanced media mr daryl slater daryl before we get started how was your christmas you get anything good
1: it was great uh I hope you had a great one as well. Uh, yeah, my wife got us a, a trip down to uh, Guatemala for a few days after the Super Bowl, which is a really awesome surprise and something we'll both get to experience together and, uh, really looking forward to that in the warm weather. So I had a great Christmas overall and, uh, hope you did and hope everybody else did too.
0: I'm sure it's not going to be as entertaining as writing an article about the Jets getting slapped around by the Cleveland Browns on national television. But I know you, Daryl. You'll make the best of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll manage.
0: But you've got one more game to cover. It's not against the Browns. It is against the New England Patriots. And there is actually a lot of news going on around the team, which is kind of surprising given the fact that they're out of the playoff hunt and it's this late in the season. But let's start with this. Tremaine Johnson, what the heck is going on there?
1: Yeah, it sounds like it was a disciplinary thing. He was um, uh, did not practice. Uh, and for a non-injury reason on Wednesday, Todd Bowles wouldn't get into it. Tremaine Johnson wouldn't get into it. He was actually at the facility and in the locker room and spoke to reporters Wednesday, uh, but he was back at practice Thursday. And uh, Todd Bowles said everybody who practiced Thursday would be able to would be up uh, for Sunday's game. So looks like it was just a minor disciplinary thing. Obviously, it hasn't been a good season for him. He, you know, he bolted the locker room. I don't think it was because of this that he missed brack He was uh, held out of practice, but he did leave the locker room obviously without talking. The reporter's on Sunday, and he and he said he, he shouldn't have done that when, when he actually finally talked on Wednesday. So bottom line, uh, obviously what matters most is how he plays, and uh, the Jets are paying him to play well, and he has not played well overall. So he's done some all right things, I guess. Hasn't been a total disaster, but hasn't been worth the money yet. We'll see what 2019 brings for him.
0: Let's talk injuries here, Daryl. The big one is Eric Tomlinson, who was put on IR. The team brought back Clive Walford in his place. What's going on with that, and anything else we should know injury-wise?
1: Yeah, well, he dropped a weight on his foot. This is the kind of year it's been for the Jets. He dropped a weight on his foot in the lot in the weight room while working out on Wednesday, and uh, he hadn't he hadn't been on the injury report previously. Then they just put him on the IR on Thursday, and that's what happened. Um, so. Yeah, he had to get surgery, lacerated a couple toes. Uh, obviously, that sounds like it hurts a ton. Uh, but, you know, you'd expect that they fix him up and he'd be ready to go, you know, for next season. But uh, kind of an unfortunate situation for him. Uh, he will be, I believe, a restricted free agent uh, after next season. So uh, we'll see what the Jets do with him. In terms of the other injuries, it looks like Quincy and Irwin will not play uh, on Sunday in the finale. It's a, Kind of a fitting capper to a frustrating injury play year for him. Jermaine Curse probably will not play as well, and Quint, and uh, Morris Claiborne looks like he's also not going to play. So uh, those three guys all pending free agent. Uh, we'll see. On I, I would not expect Curse back. I think a Claiborne is a we'll see type of guy. And the Jets will obviously try to re-sign Quinten Demoss. So that's where things stand there.
2: Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com.
0: Hi, I'm Erica Mandy from the Newsworthy Podcast, where we break down all the day's news in less than 10 minutes. And we know right now all the COVID-19 news coverage can feel a bit overwhelming. Our goal is to keep you updated in a way that gives you the facts and need-to-know information without causing unnecessary panic. We give you the serious stuff and the actions we all need to be taking, but we also remind you about the positive, all in 10 minutes each weekday. Just search for The Newsworthy in your podcast app or go to thenewsworthy.com. That's com. One thing that we're going to be watching for in this game unquestionably is where the Jets are going to end up in the draft order as a result of what happens not only in this game but also in other games. So it looks like there's some interesting scenarios going on. The Jets could theoretically get all the way up to number one if Arizona wins. It seems unlikely, but crazier things have happened. Otherwise, they do have a pretty solid chance of going to number two. Daryl, it looks like they need a little help, though, from the Giants.
1: Yeah. So uh, three of these four teams need to win: the Giants, Ra- uh, Ravens, Chargers, and the Fox. Uh, so those are those are the teams you'd be rooting for. As the Jets, fan on Sunday, the Jets are right now third in the draft order, behind Arizona, who's one. at San Francisco's two. Oakland's there at uh, four. Um, so that's that's the scenario heading into there would presume the Jets lose this game and they'll do their part, but they need a little bit of help. And and you know what? If they lose and they finish 4-12 and they don't have a second overall pick, they're still going to be in pretty good draft position. So I think uh, that's the bottom line for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well worth watching, though, because the Jets could very easily slide up to number two. And that'll give you and Matt Stipulkowski something interesting to write about over at NJ.com over the next couple months, in addition to... The head coaching search, which we will assume is going to get started right after the game ends on Sunday. The Jets coming out with an interesting statement on Christmas Eve regarding Jim Harbaugh and Todd Bowles and the whole coaching situation. I got to say, Daryl, for as much as most of us, including me, want Todd Bowles out. This has got to be kind of humiliating for him to have this play out through the press like this at the end of the year. If I were him, I'd rather just be let go with dignity without all these rumors getting leaked into the public. But we were talking before we went on the air, and you seem to think that the Jim Harbaugh thing is more or less just the Jets trying to save face for a failed back-channel attempt, right?
1: Well, I mean, I think if you look at it, they, they put out a statement saying Todd Bowles, our head coach, that was one part of it. Obviously, he is now, but he won't be come Monday morning. And then the next part of the statement is there's, they, they denied the pro football talk report that they had that they have interest in, in, in Jim Harbaugh, but look, I mean, the Jets are not putting out a statement like that, and, and then they're going to go hire Jim Harbaugh. I, I think it would be stunning if that happened. Uh, I think you know this could be one of those situations where the Jets took a look and poked around and, and maybe heard back that if Jim Harbaugh was not interested, and and you can and you can put out that statement and kind of have some plausible deniability. Maybe they genuinely do have no interest in him, but I think I think this effectively shuts the door on them potentially hiring him. It would just be a strange look if, if they did hire him at this point. And, and from the get-go, it would be a strange look for him if he if he was to get this job after coming out and saying what he said before signing all those recruits earlier this month. But he said it on Sunday night. I mean, this would be a massive bridge burning for him and, at his alma mater, a place where he's got a, he's got a really good job, makes a lot of money, and has a good situation. It's not like he's in a bad situation. So... And Jim Harbaugh doesn't need to come to a situation like the Jets. He doesn't need a job like that. I mean, if he were to come to the NFL, you'd think he'd want to do a, uh, go to a situation where he could win more immediately, or maybe with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who's, who's more settled in. Um, so that's sort of where things are with that. And uh, and the Jets will certainly still have good options. You know, even if Jim Harbaugh doesn't want the job.
0: Looks like one of them who was far fetched to begin with was Lincoln Riley, who has now pulled himself out of the running of not just the Jets job, but any other NFL job, because he came out yesterday and said that he will be at Oklahoma next year. Now, again, crazier things have happened. You never know. Somebody will say they're staying. Nick Saban did this more than once, and then the next day they're gone. It sure seems like from this statement, though, that Lincoln Riley is staying put in Oklahoma. Again, he was a long shot to begin with, but this probably erases him from contention. I will say, though, Daryl, some interesting reports popping up, including Albert Breer, a former guest of this show, who was very plugged into the New York Jets front office after the draft and really throughout the process, too, with his reporting over the last couple of years. So he's familiar with their thinking. He came out and said he expects the Jets to look under every rock, including the college ranks. And throughout the name, Matt Campbell, the head coach at Iowa State, Campbell signed the contract extension about six weeks ago, but that buyout clause is still in there, so you never know. Yeah, I
1: think that the Jets would be smart to, to explore every avenue even you know, even though Lincoln Riley is out. He's got a great situation, making a lot of money at Oklahoma, um, and he kind of alluded to that in his statement that financially the college game is a really good situation right now. It's not like you make that much more money you know, if, if you make any more money in, in the NFL. I mean, there's top-end college coaches making more than some of these NFL coaches, so um yeah, Lincoln Riley's staying, but the Jets certainly could still go into the college ranks.
3: unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: One thing you touched on that I don't think enough people really talk about is the fact that... These college coaches are getting paid a ton of money, and so that was always the thing with Harbour or any of these guys. The idea that just the lure of the NFL is going to be enough, you got to offer these guys a lot more money than they're making at the college level. Lincoln Riley is making a fortune. Even a guy like Chris Peterson at Washington, who I'm very fond of and I'd like to see the Jets reach out to, he's making $6 million. So you got to offer these guys almost John Gruden money, really, realistically, to pry one of them away.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless they have a a built-in interest in trying to win at the highest level, I mean, certainly there's a lot to be said for winning at a high level in college football, too. So it just depends on the personal preference, I think, of each guy.
0: Yeah, without question. It's definitely a Herculean task, whether it's college or pros. And so, like you said, it comes down to a matter of preference. We'll see what the Jets do, but I do like the fact that it seems they're going to be looking under every rock because that is what they should be doing. By the way, I mentioned Herculean tasks as far as trying to win at college and pros. How about the Herculean task of trying to have a child during an NFL season. Uh Granted, the players themselves are not the ones giving birth, but still, you want to talk about having your hands full. You wrote an article about this this week, including Buster Screen. I'm hard on Buster Screen a lot as far as his play, but what he did this season as far as his wife and him trying to get the child into this world while he was in full blast with the New York Jets, that is something that I admire. So tell me a little bit about what you have in that article.
1: Yeah, so just kind of a general human interest story. I've been kind of kicking around and doing it for the past couple of weeks and finally got it out here in the last, last week of the season. But, uh, so, um, yeah, it just, the, the gist of it is, uh, you know, it's really physically challenging enough to play in the NFL, but, um, you know, welcoming a newborn child during the course of a season is, is an entirely, you know, added layer to that. Obviously, the players are getting a ton of help from their wives or girlfriends. With with obviously as 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 most folks are raising a kid and you know um, it's hard to do it alone you know if you're if you're a man or a woman so um, so all the guys were were very appreciative of that um, but you know I think a lot of these guys they do want to you know you want to be involved you want to help out in the middle of the night with feedings and stuff like that and uh, and to do that and to have a job like like playing in the NFL is, is physically taxing because these guys only get the day of the birth off. Um, and they have to go right back to it i mean it's and so there's no paternity leave like there is in major league baseball um there's no ability to take vacation uh so even if your job doesn't give you paternity leave as a nine-to-five you could find a way to take some vacation days and then when you're back to work you know maybe you're a little tired of your desk but you know ultimately you're at your desk and you're not trying to lift weights or block 300 pound guys obviously these guys make a lot of money and don't i don't think they're asking for sympathy or anything like that but it's just kind of a unique uh interesting challenge and a lot of guys do try to time it where they don't have kids during the season. Josh McCown has, has four kids. He and his wife never uh, never tried to time it out, but um, but they did have one during the season. Their last one was born in uh, 2007 when he was in Oakland and during the season, and he I talked to him a little bit about the challenges of that. And Buster Screen, uh, his son, was born in, in November, and he has two kids, and they were both born in, in the season. His first was born in 2012, when he was in Cleveland during the season, uh, I guess actually a couple of days before the birthday of his uh, of his son, and and uh, Dakota Dozier is kind of on the extreme end of it because his son was born in, in in September, so he he had the entire season of it. You know, you're talking about right after the Jets' first game, he, his son arrives, and uh, for two months, you know, the kid is like all, most kids has trouble sleeping through the night. So uh, there were some funny little anecdotes in there about that, and uh, just sort of an interesting human interest type thing um a little bit different than the standard stuff we've been writing so if you want to go check it out it's up there and uh kind of maybe gives you a new perspective on some of the stuff these guys these guys go through uh in terms of in terms of that sort of thing because like a lot of folks know that if we have kids i mean it's really hard to necessarily time it out and say in terms of saying well you know i don't want to have a kid during the season of course that would be their preference but you know you never know mother nature doesn't always doesn't always oblige
0: I got to say, Daryl, I highly recommend this not just because I know you, obviously, and I like your work, and we're friends and all that. I think that this is something that, like you said, it's a little something different, and it's fun to read, and it really gives you an interesting insight into these people as human beings. I don't know how many more should Mac go, should Mac stay, this guy's good, this guy's bad articles I can take anymore, and what you wrote here is something different and something very interesting, so I highly recommend If you haven't read it yet, go over to NJ.com slash Jets and take a look at that article. There's another one up right now that Matt Stipulkowski wrote that we're going to touch on in a little bit. But before that, let's talk about this game on Sunday, Daryl. I have a feeling this is going to go fairly similarly to the last three weeks. Sam Darnold is the number one rated passer over the last three weeks since coming back from injury. He's really starting to find his groove, but he's going into New England. He's playing a much better team. He's going to be outgunned. I think what's going to happen is something similar to what we saw the last three weeks in the sense that Darnold is going to play very well. The Jets are going to hang around. They may even have the lead for a decent portion of the game. But in the end, I expect the Patriots to pull away, get the victory, clinch their bye for the playoffs. And I think it'll be one of those deals where after the game, Tom Brady will be doing what Aaron Rodgers did. And what J.J. Watt did in saying, you know, this kid is the real deal. He's going to be something else. And that will be something that we can hang our hat on for the 2019 season. Looking forward to seeing Sam Darnold continue to rise onto that next level as an NFL quarterback. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the final score here is going to be something along the lines of 31-27 Patriots. But I do think the Patriots are going to win this one.
1: Yeah, i picked pick 38-13 in the, in the uh, Patriots. In the. Uh in the score period on the website for today. I, I think it could be closer than that. I kind of winged the, uh, the score prediction there. I think, you know, Sam Donald will play well. It'll be a cold weather test for him. Um, you know, just like the Buffalo game. I don't I think it'll be quite that cold, but I think you're looking at the upper twenties. Um, so another, another test for him and, and in the NFC, you know, there's two cold road trips every year, in Buffalo and new England, presuming they're played in cold times of year. But, uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a pretty realistic scenario. Um, I don't think, think there's any way the Jets win this game. Uh, I think they're 13 and a half point underdogs, so not happening. Uh, so four and 12 it is after five and 11 in each of the last two years, and then Jets bid farewell to Todd goals
0: Daryl, you are one heck of an optimist, man. Thirty-eight, You're always seeing things on the bright side. <laughs> that would mean that the Jets would have a good chance at the number two overall pick. I will say this, though. I think the Jets are going to cover the spread. It's about the best I can say. I don't expect them to win, but I do think that Darnold will have a good showing. It'll be one of those deals where, metaphorically, Brady taps the kid on the butt and says, nice job, you're going to be the real deal. So we'll see, but like I said, if anything, maybe the Jets cover the spread. That's my prediction for Sunday. We'll see if I'm a little bit closer than you were with the blowout prediction. Who knows? We're going to find out on Sunday at Foxborough. Daryl, thanks so much for hopping on. We will talk again after all the dust settles with Todd Bowles. So we'll talk about the game, wrap that up, but also talk about Todd Bowles, what this means, so on and so forth. Before we go, though, tell everybody where they can find you and what you've got cooking up at NJ.com, including Matt Stiplkowski's awesome piece on 2010.
1: Yeah, we got some stuff up there. Uh, as I mentioned, the story about the guys – uh, we're welcoming newborns during the season. Our, our story on, uh, I really, our player survey on legalized marijuana in New Jersey came out this week as well. If you want to go check that out, it seems like a lot of people enjoyed that, um, and hearing kind of the blunt, uh, pun intended opinions of some of these, uh, <laughs> players, uh, about, about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and, and then we'll have a look tomorrow at what, the, draft, the Jets draft scenarios are. We kind of went over it a little bit here, but we'll put it in writing for you guys tomorrow. And, and yeah, last but certainly not least, Matt did a tremendous job with his oral history looking back at the last time the Jets won in New England, which everybody will recall is, uh, you know, in January 2011 after the 2010 season, that divisional round playoff game. Of course, it's basically every single thing about the Jets has been downhill since then, including their performances against the Patriots, their 2-13 and 13 against the Patriots since 0-7 in New England. Um, of course, the famous Bart Scott can't wait uh, game, and uh, Matt got a chance to talk to a, a wide array of people, including former players, uh, former Jets, well, really everyone involved in that game is a former Jet player or coach at this point. But, uh, you know, Jets coaches from that game, Jets players, he talked to uh, Sal Palantonio, of course, who was on the receiving end of that famous Bart Scott uh, soundbite and uh he talked even to the great ira from staten island to get a fan perspective so matt did a tremendous job with that piece if you haven't read it please go check it out he really worked hard on it and did a really nice job so um yeah thank you everybody for reading throughout the course of the year and we're gonna have more coaching search stuff uh we've had a lot of <laughs> coaching search stuff uh coming up here uh starting next week when this thing gets cranked up and really immediately after sunday's game we'll hit the ground running with that stuff so We'll see how the season winds down, but really, most importantly, we'll see what the Jets do going forward with their next coach.
0: Highly recommend that piece by Matt Stipulkowski. As you know, if you know me, Jets history is a passion of mine, and Matt did a terrific job going back and taking a look at 2010 with a variety of voices, important voices from that season. So go ahead and read that up at NJ.com, and go ahead and read all the great stuff that Matt and Daryl have up. We will talk again on Monday, after all the dust settles with Todd Bowles, and like Daryl said we 'll talk a little bit about where the jets go from here. In the meantime, go to nj.com and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. turn on the Jets digital and turn on the jets.com.